Hello, podcast listeners. Happy 2020. This is Corky McDonald. Hi, everyone. This is Daniel Barnes. And what we are doing is we're going to replay our most popular episode from last year, God's Not Dead. Yes, absolutely. This was our most listened to episode of 2019. So we are not only bringing it back for our first show of 2020, but in two weeks, we are going to be reviewing the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. God's Not Dead. A deuce. We want to say the deuce right on you. Yes. Happy New Year. <laughs> with that beautiful segue, we <laughs> want to say thank you so much to everybody who uh, listened in 2019, everybody who's been listening since 2018. It's been a, such a fun ride, and we're so glad you're all coming along with it. Yeah, it was a really fun year for the show. We did a lot of new things, and we got a lot of really fun stuff planned for 2020. Absolutely. So thank you to everyone who came along, everyone who dared us to watch stuff, everyone who donated to the show, everyone who supported us on social media and beyond. I mean, if you just support us in your head, maybe your support wasn't like physical, like you put it out in the world, but you were thinking about it, putting like positive thoughts out there. We'll accept that. That'll work. Thank you. Thank you very much. And again, we got a lot of fun stuff planned for 2020, but right now we are going to finally, 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 finally prove whether or not God is dead. Yes. You've been asking us to do this. <laughs> and here it is. This is actually what we get most dares about is prove the existence of God. Not, and not movies, not movie related no, at all. Yeah. We've been able to do it the whole time. We just didn't want to blow our wad. Yeah, absolutely. So is God dead? Mm. Mm. Better listen to the episode and find out. Happy New Year. We love you. Hello, Hadley University alumni. You're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares. And much like Job, we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I'm actually late for an audition. Uh, it's a dinner theater thing for Death of a Salesman. And with me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi, everyone. As Corky said on this show, we do your dirty work, you dirty Dirty Dogs by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them on our unique system. A run-of-the-mill bad film is rated a dare. We give a double dare to those truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we are reviewing Harold Kronk's 2014 Pure Flix release, God's Not Dead, starring Kevin Sorbo, Dean Cain, and the Newsboys. Who should... Actually get top billing in this film. Yeah. Newsboys movie, are the real star of this, this movie. This movie should be called Newsboys as the Newsboys in Newsboys. <laughs> but before we get started, Daniel is going to tell us about the beer we're drinking during the show. Well, since we are reviewing a film about God's wrath, mm. I thought, how about we review the beer Hops of Wrath, uh, India Pale Ale by Dust Bowl Brewing Company out of Turlock. We're having it in a bottle for once. We've had cans almost nonstop this entire show, but this is a really well-known kind of West Coast-style IPA, your classic uh, sort of citrus and pine flavors coming forward there. Good beer. Yeah, this is not bad at all, man. God's Wrath is it's not that severe. <laughs> we'll find out differently <laughs> in this film. <laughs> this dare came to us from frequent contributor Mike Dub. Mike Dub's dare came to us like this. I don't know if this movie will be the outright worst you've watched, at least not in terms of fundamental cinemagraphic ineptitude. It sounds like it would be tough to top, say, Theodore Rex in that sense. 
But I do think God's Not Dead has a good chance of being up there with the most grating and frustrating movies you've watched. I hope it's as torturous as I think it will be. Not as torturous as that sentence was for me to get out. (laughs) The IMDb synopsis for this movie. College philosophy professor Mr. Radisson's curriculum is challenged by his new student, Josh, who believes God exists. Yeah, this film came out in 2014. As Quirky said, it was directed by Harold Kronk. Kronk. Written by Chuck Konzelman and Carrie Solomon, based on the Rice Brooks book, God's Not Dead, Evidence for God in an Age of Uncertainty, which as far as I can tell is a for lack of a better word, nonfiction book that probably forms a lot of the basis for Josh's arguments that we see in the classroom. Sure, But it was uh, turned into a a narrative film by Pure Flix Entertainment. CEO Russell Wolf says the idea came from a story he heard, quote, about a young girl who was asked to do some things that went against her faith and got in trouble for not doing them. That story put my jaw on the floor and made me think about how many students go to college as a Christian and how few stay a Christian after they finish their four years. It was that story that inspired me to set the movie on a college campus. That college campus is, of course, fictional Hadley University, a sleepy college town located somewhere in some state. I believe it's uh, Louisa Fornida. Right, yeah. The very atheist and unreligious Louisiana and Florida. Which is also a tiny town, but supports an NBA-sized arena. Yeah. The film was shot in October, November 2012 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, released released on March 21st, 2014. Critics hated it, got a 14 on Rotten Tomatoes, 16 on Metacritic, but the intended audience of evangelicals ate it up. 60 million domestic against a production budget of two million and let me tell you that two million is not on the screen (laughs) it was so successful it inspired two sequels god's not dead 2 in 2016 and god's not dead colon a light in the darkness in 2018 and i kind of wish we had done all three in another 50 shades style orgy but Mm. whatever another lifetime right no that goes against god don't say that uh, Scott Foundus of Variety wrote, quote, even grading on a generous curve this strident melodrama about the insidious efforts of America's university system to silence true believers on campus is about as subtle as a stack of Bibles falling on your head and, quote, Corky McDonald. What's up, true believer? I have a piece of paper here. Mm. I have written three words on this piece of paper. Three simple words. Cinema is dead (laughs) and in parentheses it says harold cronk is the murderer (laughs) i'm handing you this piece of paper and i would like you to sign your name to it so that we can bypass all debate on this issue sure are you signing your name dan before you even pass me that paper (laughs) i was grabbing it out of your hands furiously signing my name johnny's name your name (laughs) harold cronk's name you know I'm signing everybody's name. It is 9.15 on a Sunday morning, and I am calling it right now. God is dead. God is dead. God's not dead is dead, at least. This movie is <laughs> This movie is so bad. I hated watching this. It was pretty pretty brutal. It's bad. Pretty insane at the same time, too. And to, to think that someone would use this as to bolster their concept of God and religion in the world is pretty... Pretty wild, yeah. It, it's a film that inspires a lot of questions. Mm. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, how the fuck? Why the fuck? Why the f- which the fuck? Which the fuck? Um, but as we were alluding to early, where the fuck? Mm. Where in the fuck is this movie? Because they say it's shot in Baton Rouge, right? 
at, there's a whole thing about them going to some Disney park. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Baton Rouge is a 10-hour drive from Orlando. They <laughs> act like they're just going to pop over to Kentucky Disney World. But then also, when we see the exterior of the Hadley Arena, the Hastings Arena in Hadley. Yes. The Hastings it's the <laughs> fucking Staples Center. It's the Staples Center. <laughs> what? what? This <laughs> tiny little town has a Staples Center-sized complex in it. It's ridiculous. It, it is completely insane. Yeah, and it's just, it's a, and obviously we don't want to offend anyone's faith or anything here. I mean, the filmmakers of this I just, movie want to offend people's faith. I, anyone who is not a Christian, absolutely. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, this is why I pushed off this movie for a while is because I'm an atheist and I'm one of those atheists who, I don't get having to respect people's faith. Like, I respect <laughs> that you have it, but no, I think your ideas are ridiculous and I'm going to say it that Dan doesn't want to offend your faith. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want about it. <laughs> Uh, much like this movie. I, I want to offend want to the characters and the the creative minds and honestly, the audiences be behind this film and behind the success of this film. Because this movie is completely freaking insane. It, it wants to simulta simultaneously make a scientific argument mm -hmm. in favor of God's existence while also saying science that's yeah. completely fallible and we can't trust it at all <laughs> like, it's it just constantly making these contradictory arguments it wants to set it up as some sort of intellectual debate at a place for intellectual debate a right. college campus meanwhile being so contemptuous of college and knowledge and learning and at debate. all <laughs> and debate it basically just wants to have it all both ways all the time uh it's a movie that says on the one hand no we can't really know god's plan and we can't always understand it and it's a little mysterious and on the other hand it says oh no we can know god's plan god's plan is to kill anyone who goes against him <laughs> it's true. who goes against him liberals yep intellectuals atheists wine snobs guess what they're all the same <laughs> yes right that's it that's it <laughs> so let's get into it all right let's go for it man we open on this like postcard shot of a pond and ducks frolicking on a pond. Ducks going to be a main motif in this movie, as we'll find out. Yeah, there's a there's a little montage of people walking through a college campus. Yeah, so we're kind of introduced in this opening scene to all of the major players, including our ostensible protagonist, who is Josh Wheaton. Yeah, Josh Wheaton is a young college kid. He's wearing a flannel shirt. This kid terrified me. Yeah, you know I don't like I mean? this guy either. I mean, just like he he is utterly expressionless. Mm -hmm. He has blank eyes and he's going to go and argue his faith as scientific fact. I yeah. mean, that is just the seeds of fascism right there. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all going to, as we said, fictional Hadley universities. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of Newsboys songs pretty much playing throughout this, this entire non -stop movie. This is Everyone in this film is obsessed with the Newsboys. <laughs> this kid is wearing a Newsboys shirt on campus that says the title of the movie on it. <laughs> yeah, which is a song. Yeah. God's Not Dead is a song and a album and a tour in this by world, new the Newsboys. Everybody's heard of the Newsboys uh, who nobody's ever heard of. The only religious groups I know are DC Talk and this guy Kenny Dingler's high school rap group, the JC Crew. <laughs> and yeah, they were as good as they sound. <laughs> Can you cut maybe a mix of Kenny Dingler? Can you make me a Kenny Dingler? Yeah, I'll try to make you a, a Kenny Dingler mixtape. So as I was saying, we're getting introduced to 
a lot of the main characters in this opening montage. So we see Josh, he meets his girlfriend. They have, it can only be described as a church hug. Yeah. He chastely kisses her on the head. It's obvious that this is a, their boyfriend and girlfriend, but they have not fucked. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. To, to borrow from Silicon Valley, this guy doesn't fuck. <laughs> They're walking through campus. We get shots of a Chinese kid walking through campus. He's riding a, a bike. Of, well, I'm sorry. That's right. He's, he's Chinese, a bike. remember? Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> He's childlike Chinese character number one. There's a girl in a burka. Her job. Her getting dropped off at her job. Her father is... No, she's getting dropped at school. She's wearing a hijab. Oh, hijab. <laughs> but she is going to her job at the school. And she doesn't on, go to the school. But later on, she takes off her hijab to, to go to, to go her to job. job. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I've, been waiting for really that joke. I've been waiting for that joke for three days, man. <laughs> But her dad is affixing her hijab in the car. Right, exactly. And so we see Muslims. He's, he's overbearing. Yes. And, he's, and they're Muslim. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as she gets dropped off, she takes it off and lets her long hair out. Yeah. yeah she's free again. Uh, we see... Someone shopping for wine. Someone is shopping for wine and, and apparently planning some kind of dinner party because she's also looking at oils. Okay. And then somebody is sleeping in. Yeah. Somebody's alarm clock is not set. Her alarm is flashing 12, and this is Amy. Amy is by far my favorite character in this film. I love Amy. The movie hates Amy. Amy is, it hates her so much. But uh, seriously, the, the clock out of time for Amy, that's that's going to come back in this movie, too. Exactly. And we also see that as she, she wakes up and she rushes to her car to obviously she's late for something. Her life is a mess. Yeah. But someone has broken into her car and stolen her GPS. She literally... Has no sense of direction, She's Corky. Got no sense of direction. <laughs> oh my God. And I've I've never seen bumper sticker exposition because we learn about Amy's character through her bumper stickers. I heart evolution. I heart evolution. <laughs> Humanist, vegan. <laughs> oh, that's why she's late. So Josh is applying for his classes. It's like the first day of school. So he goes up to the guy at the table, and the guy sees that he's wearing a newsboy T-shirt and he's got a cross hanging on his neck, and he says, "Oh, you do not want to take Professor Radisson's class." You are, quote, wandering into the snake pit, and you will have, quote, people cheering for your death. But I can't work it out with his schedule. That's never really explained. What, what, like, he seems to have literally nothing else going on. That in his whole life. outside registration scene, which everybody did as a freshman. Going to college, you, you just walk, walk up, up to and a say, guy hey, at a table on a lawn. And the only question the guys ask is, what is your humanities <laughs> class? What is your humanities <laughs> elective? That's it. That's it. That's all they wanted to square away. We like to keep it simple here at Hadley University. Okay, so this is this starts off the whole theme of this movie that Christians are this persecuted, uh, what, what's it? What's it called? Minority. Christians yeah. are persecuted minority, which is the most Christian thing about this movie. Yeah, absolutely, to, this imaginary persecution. So we also meet liberal Amy's boyfriend, who is played by Dean Kane. Yeah, I. Don't think I I did not catch most people's names in here, so I just called them by their yeah. sort of like so I just kept calling him uh, evil biz guy or something. They, they like don't that. say their names until like the very end of the movie. Yeah, so he's he's evil business guy. Wine woman goes to see her grandmother who has dementia. I was calling wine woman dementia daughter because <laughs> her mom has dementia. So now we meet Professor Radisson. No, I think you mean Professor Jeffrey Strawman. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo plays a professor who is the most straw man of oh, straw man. Yeah. It's amazing. He teaches a class called Introduction to Philosophical Thought. And on the first day of class, he 
puts a bu- uh, names of a bunch of philosophers on the board going from ancient times all the way up to respected modern philosophers like Anne Rand. He fuck? put Anne Rand yes. on there? I didn't see that. And William Dawkins, of course. Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins, yes. What if he put Dominique Dawkins on there? <laughs> Dominique Dawkins. <laughs> Chocolate Thunder was on there. <laughs> Daryl Dawkins. Oh, that's Daryl Dawkins. Fuck. Dominique Wilkins. In the middle of this scene, this is what this movie does a lot. It just cuts away for no reason in the middle of a scene to some other scene. We cut away in the middle of Professor Radisson explaining that all philosophers are atheists to a scene of somebody getting picked up at an airport. Ugh. (laughs) We cut to this several times. It's like two characters who we have never met and who are not introduced. One guy's at the airport and there's an African man, a, a black man. He has an African accent. He comes in and he's just been on a long flight. Yeah. And he says God is good. Right. They say God is good. Now cut back to the classroom. Cut back to the classroom. <laughs> what the fuck? During the class, there's a guy, what, Professor Strawman says, if you don't expect to do any work in this class, you can leave right now. And this guy goes, Psh, whatever, man, and like bolts out. Envied that guy Smartest so man in the room. Seriously, I was like, this is the one he guy. He left the movie He's altogether. Like, okay. <laughs> we also very briefly meet G-Dog. Yeah. Remember, the, the one black student in the class His, identifies himself as G-Dog. Which Sorbo contemptuously He's repeats. pretty G-Dog. G-Dog. Hmm, mm. I'm intellectual. We don't hear from G-Dog for an hour and a half. I just re- realized he's the one name we learn except for the professor, and we never see him again. He's just gone. <laughs> I mean, he's in the classroom, but he does not contribute anything no. anymore. So the professor, this is what the film's trying to do, is contrast the African missionary who says, God is good, and we cut to the professor. What does he say? God is dead. He is, quote, a useful fairy tale. And in his class, he would like to bypass debate, because that's what philosophy professors love to do. Yeah. Bypass debate. Hey, we don't need this debate. And he wants to get a uh, unanimous consensus, because, again, that's what philosophy is all about. That's what college is all about. Not debating and getting unanimous consensus on things. And he wants them to sign a form with their name on it, writing... God is dead and essentially bribes them by saying you won't you will pass this portion of the class that so many people get stuck on because I have argued to all of them that God is dead and they they always get it wrong. This one thing that he leads off his class with in the very first day first it, day is a third of your grade. He does not take role. No. <laughs> he does not pass out a curriculum. How would he know who signed it? He hasn't even learned anybody's he name. Know who anyone is. <laughs> he just walks into class on the first day and demands that they sign their name to a paper saying God is dead and of course they all do except Except for one man, Josh Wheaton. He refuses. He says, I can't. I'm Christian. Yeah. To which Radisson says, you will need to defend the antithesis, and he will fail the class if he, f- if he fails to convince the entire class that God is not dead. You're going to have a series of three debates, 20 minutes at the end of the next three classes, to debate this with me. Yes. Uh, you present your argument and the class – but he doesn't even say the class will be the judge. He says, I'll be the judge. Why would I want to empower anybody? But Josh convinces him to let the students be the judge. This guy is so cocksure and arrogant and yes. smarmy in his arguments that he loses his very first one. Exactly. And he he sets all sorts of ground rules for it. As you said, he sets all these rules. You get all this this time and that time and then these will be the judge. And class over. Yeah, that's it. That was the entirety of the class. That was first day of class. <laughs> so now we see Josh is in the middle of the cafeteria with his girlfriend. 
He is convinced that, quote, God wants someone to defend him. Mm-hmm. We should also mention that Josh is pre-law, so he wants to be a lawyer. Right. So, and this is essentially, he makes a case for God. Yeah. He's the, he's the defend, defense lawyer for God. That's so. a real Scopes monkey trial thing happening here. <laughs> His the, girlfriend, meanwhile, is hectoring him. Yeah. Oh, he, she's she, also a Christian. They met through a youth group, but he, she wants him to go to law school. She came to Hadley University, the shithole Hadley University. They don't even take role for his fucking day of class. <laughs> and for Josh, for Josh, she could have gone to a better school, but and she gave it up for Josh. Now we see Amy. <laughs> liberal Amy. Liberal. I started calling her Ambush Amy because she <laughs> she loves the celebrity she, ambush. Oh, that's her thing, the celebrity ambush. She ambushes the biggest celebrities in the world, one of the Duck Dynasty <laughs> guys and his wife, <laughs> as they are going into church. A built? They're just going, they're going to church? He says, he uses one of those fucking weird Christian terms, like, it was like we're going to go uh not worship or not do services. We're going to go testify or something like in here. I see. That's one of those weird religious things. Yeah, I couldn't tell where they were or what they were going into. But yeah, they're just walking into this this church, I guess. And, and liberal Amy just ambushes them and peppers them with questions that essentially her questions are just like lobs for them to like slam dunk proselytize to her. Yeah. At one point, she accuses them of openly praying to Jesus, yeah, I, which is like the worst possible thing to look at. Oh, you Amy. openly pray? You openly pray to Jesus on your show. The best part, though, is that she says that they have lured so many ducks to their death. <laughs> <laughs> the duck dynasty people make decoy ducks. That's yeah, the dynasty. They make duck calls and decoy ducks. And You're responsible duck for the deaths of all these waterfowl. You lure them to their death. <laughs> You are the Pied Piper of duck genocide, <laughs> sir. She says to him, like, uh, th- they talk about his his wealth and his celebrity and then being uh, uh, his Christianity, about worshiping Jesus. And he's like, hey, all this stuff is temporary. All the money, all the fame. These Duck <laughs> Dynasty people just fucking roll and shit. The money, the fame. But Jesus, Jesus is forever. As if Jesus isn't just as much a part of your branding <laughs> as the American flag bandana oh, right, you're wearing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Meanwhile, his wife is is very plastically enhanced wife is standing next to him. I love Jesus too. <laughs> hijab girl is waiting for her father outside yeah. school. She's put her hijab back on. She takes right. it off when when he's uh, out of sight. So, But her dad explains to her, look, their God is different, but our way is the true way. I love you. And he's, he's actually very tender towards his daughter at this point. Yeah. And uh, she's like, I understand that you love me. <laughs> but his father explains, God wants you to wear the mask. It's not me, baby. God wants you to wear the mask. It's not quite clear to us that Muslims are evil from this movie yet. Oh, yeah. Until we see the father pulls away, he parked in a disabled parking spot. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not disabled. Like, oh, Jesus. So Josh goes to church because he's reflecting on what should I do? Should I just take the grade? Or should should I go ahead and argue the case that God is not dead? Now we meet Reverend Dave. Yeah. Reverend Dave, who was the guy who was picking up the African man from the airport earlier. That's right, yeah. Reverend Dave, this is Dave's church. So he meets the preacher, uh, and he tells them that for all these students in this class, this might be their first meaningful exposure 
to God and Jesus. So he has to do it. He has to go on the pulpit and preach at his public university. Because they've decided none of these other students would ever set foot in a church Never. on their own. No. Nobody goes to weddings. Well, one of them's Chinese, Corky. <laughs> well, that's true. He's a godless. <laughs> He's godless. He's a godless celestial. This is what the movie, <laughs> this is the shorthand for the movie, that's though. Exactly you know what it. I mean? It's like, oh, that guy's Chinese, so he doesn't have God. Yeah. Now we cut back to liberal Amy. Right. Because this movie is completely bonkers. Liberal Amy... You have cancer. <laughs> she gets the results that she has cancer. She says, I'm "I have too busy for." Cancer. She says, "I have no time for cancer." <laughs> and who does, right? You know, right? who does cancer always barging in today's modern world? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this whole movie has a real soap opera aesthetic. Like oh, someone yeah. walks into a, a doctor's office, you have cancer. Dun dun dun. So now we cut back to the campus, and Christian Josh is laying down, preparing for his thing. His girlfriend walks up, reminds him that it's their – well, he knows it's their anniversary. Josh is infallible. Right. Josh is a perfect guy. He knows it's their anniversary, and guess where they're going? Newsboys. See the Newsboys, the band nobody's ever heard of. Christian rock band, the Newsboys. Uh, Yeah, they got her tickets, but then she still gives him more grief because she realizes – bunch of books fall out of his conveniently fall out of his bag and she realizes that he's making his case to argue for god in his philosophy class and she gives him some more grief about that she says i hate to tell you but this experiment is over (laughs) now rev dave and the african missionary this whole fucking thing is just bonkers they're going to some sort of disney park they don't say if it's Disney World or Disneyland. As I said, you cannot drive from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to Orlando and just pop in over to Disney World. It's a 10 to 12 hour long drive. But anyway, they're trying to go to a Disney park. This part is fucking bananas. Oh, man. it's so bad. They get to a car. They're going to have a, uh, the car won't start. Car won't start. His battery won't rim, start. Rim, 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 rim. Okay, car's dead. God's so, still good. So, yeah, God is still good. So, the African guy cannot believe. In rental cars. Like, he's like, you could just swipe on your phone and get a rental car? This and man they will believes deliver the, world, the rental car? He believes the world was created in six days, <laughs> but rental cars That's elude nuts. his comprehension. <laughs> so instead of getting into it every single time, let's just say this plays out over the next about 45 minutes to hour of the yeah. film. A rental car comes. There's five scenes of this. There's, oh, my God. So their car won't start. A rental car is delivered there. They get in the car. No, 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 no. It won't start. Even yeah. though it was just driven there just and delivered dri- the to The delivery them. guy just drove it there. Which no one is like, boy, that's shocking. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a crazy thing to happen. That might be divine intervention <laughs> to not go. Can we look under the hood? <laughs> Are you turning the key in the right direction? But it the delivery guy isn't helpful. He just kind of shrugs and, and <laughs> is more is concerned about from death of the <laughs> He's late for an audition. And we see that Pastor Dave is really more concerned about this guy's life than he is about getting there. <laughs> The African guy is always there to remind him, it's okay, God, God is, is good. good, smile. And they can't go that night. It's it's late and he has to go to his audition for Death of a Salesman. Next time we see this, again, this is happening over like an hour over of, of screen time. Second car gets delivered. It's the same kind of car. We find out that he is up for the part of the, the guy is up Biff. for the part of Biff. <laughs> <laughs> they get in the car, which again was just driven there. Won't start. Won't start. This happens... T- like three times a car won't start. Yeah. Two times a car is driven there. He gets in, <laughs> turn tries to turn it over, fails, and they're like, "Oh man, I guess this car won't start." No one else even like looks to be like, "What are you doing? That is so wrong that you can't start a fucking car." <laughs> the African guy doesn't try it. The guy the rental car doesn't. The get rental back car here. guy. How the fuck did they get the car back to the lot? 
tow truck? <laughs> he probably drove it back. I like to see the rental car guy just start pushing it out of frame. <laughs> so anyway, just remember that when we get to the end, because it's like a big thing that it was part of God's plan for them to not go to Disney World or Disneyland or wherever until the fourth attempt. Yes. Because they needed to be in a particular place at a particular time. So just remember that and how fucking nuts that is. So now Josh is going to make his case in the class. The professor introduces him by saying he's going to make the case for a, quote, supreme celestial dictator. Mm. And the professor sits in class, basically sits in Josh's seat and uh, looks at him very contemptuously taking notes. What I love is at one point, Josh like drops a piece of equipment and the professor like writes some notes down while smirking. <laughs> like, God did catch that, did it? I oh, guess gravity works. Opposable thumbs, huh? <laughs> Evolution didn't work on everyone. <laughs> so essentially he says that God is on trial and this begins his sort of... What's the uh, inconvenient truth style PowerPoint presentation, which is how he makes his argument? I gotta say, his PowerPoint presentation was off the hook for yeah, having for having a week for just to doing it over the weekend. Absolutely. That Why was... are you going into law? No, kid? really, this video editing is clearly your real. Yeah, <laughs> this is like Lucas Arts level <laughs> shit. Yeah, so he has this whole PowerPoint presentation that has graphics and that has all these different things. His argument is essentially. As you were saying, straw man arguments, yes, uh, rhetorical argument, cherry picking facts, and then taking out of context heavily abridged quotes from those scientists you love so much. Yes, that's the worst part. Uh, and as much as we're saying these PowerPoint presentations look good, most of it is just like a quote floating <laughs> behind the like, and behind it is uh, Michelangelo's birth of uh, conception, <laughs> yes. or whatever it is. But the quotes will be like quote two words dot 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 yes. Three more words, dot, 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 continued on next page, dot, dot, dot. It's like, how the fuck did you even put this together to make it sound like this was a pro-God quote? So the professor, at the end of it, shuts him down. Shuts him down with a quote from Stephen Hawking. I don't even remember what the fuck the argument. It doesn't really matter. No, it, it makes no sense. And the first debate. Everything's just set up on a T for Josh. Josh sets up his first debate. We, we kind of glossed over it, but he says, like, this is the way this famous scientist described what the birth of the universe would look like, which is just how it's described in Genesis. That's a massive leap of logic. <laughs> this is this said this. So that's just like that. Just like Therefore, Genesis. God created the no universe. No reason to back that up with evidence. After the class, Professor Radisson actually threatens Josh yes. in the hall and calls himself <laughs> God. He actually threatens a student. Girlfriend breaks up with him. Right. Uh, at which point he, always ready with the lecture, just starts just preaching and proselytizing and coming down on her. And now we cut to, she's never named, is she? Hijab girl. No, she's not. Muslim. Muslim girl. Muslim girl. Nope. So we cut to her. She comes home. Uh, her father's out. Her little brother is there. She's listening to her iPod. And what is she listening to on her iPod? The boys of news. The news boys. The news boys. <laughs> at which point she's like. Cuts the Newsboy song ends, and she's like, "Let me flip to something else, which is a sermon by Reverend Dave." <laughs> <laughs> it's her secret shame. She loves Christ so much. Let, let me cut off the Newsboys Christian rock to get just. Let me take a step so back, a little palate is, cleanser. This is a little too secular. Yeah, a little so too touch secular. the Newsboys. That's that's too much in that world. Let's pull it back, Rev Dave. 
Hit me up. <laughs> and we see that also not only is Islam bad or all other faiths besides Christianity bad, technology is bad because her little brother who is just absorbed into his phone, can't even say hi to her, now must go steal her iPod. Yes. He sees it, uh, sees that she's listening to a Christian sermon. He's, of course, shocked by this. And she tells him that you cannot tell dad. You cannot tell dad. Yeah. If you remember before, liberal Amy's boyfriend is <laughs> biz jerk Dean Kane. They are having dinner together in a very shishi restaurant, of course, drinking wine. Yeah. As all liberal atheist intellectuals do. Wine gets brought up a lot. It's a lot. With the liberals. Yes, oh, my God. She tells him that she has cancer, <laughs> at which point he is outraged. His, how, how dare you? That is the best scene. She goes, I have cancer. Couldn't this wait till tomorrow? <laughs> Because he was excited about his promotion. He goes, me first. Me first. <laughs> the, the, my favorite part of this scene, though, is the shout reverse shot of this discussion. There's a gigantic pepper grinder right in the middle of the shot. So each <laughs> shot is ambush Amy and pepper grinder or Dean Kane and pepper grinder. So right now we're at about the halfway point oh, of the and movie. We should say he dumps her for having cancer. Oh, yeah. It's like we oh, had fun. Hardcore dump. <laughs> yes. Hardcore dump. Though, you know, you, when you were young and hot and not. Cancerous. Not, your body wasn't that fighting was against thing. you. God wasn't making your body fight yourself. Your pre-tumor self, super mm. hot. Mm, not so much no more. No. So we're about halfway through the movie at this point. I, I looked up and I noticed this. The movie at this point, it, despite a couple of completely insane scenes involving, mostly involving liberal Amy. Yes. And just the overall insane conceit of the film. It's been a pretty sedate movie yeah, to this point. You I would know say what I that. Mean? It hasn't been off the rails crazy. It goes off the rails <laughs> crazy right here because we find out, remember, we have all these disparate characters that are moving all over the place. Yeah. We now find out. Like Crash. Yeah. Like that. It yeah. suddenly turns into Crash. Wine Woman. Yeah. Remember Wine Woman with the dementia grandma before? Yeah. I wrote, where is Wine Woman? She comes back. She is Dean Kane Biz Jerk's sister. What? That's his sister. And he says, I don't give a shit about my dementia granny. Go to hell. At which point her husband comes home. Who's her husband? Professor fucking Radisson. <laughs> Everybody's together. <laughs> Professor Radisson. At which point they have the most awkward conversation about their marriage. And which they basically just talk in themes about each other. Yes, that's true. They. Oh my God, that I never even thought of it. He like comes that. home and is just like, "Ah, oh, I'm an intellectual, and you're not an intellectual, and I like wine, and you don't like wine, and it puts strains on our marriage, and you love God, but I love you." That's basically their conversation <laughs> that goes on for like ten minutes. When she's talking to her brother, he's like, "She's like, oh, say hi to Amy." He's like, "Yeah, that's that's over." This guy would have never told his sister about this <laughs> side chick he's fucking if he thought that little of her. Do you have an opener? Oh, yeah. So Wine Woman is actually named Mina. Right. Mina. She was an ex-student yeah. of Professor Radisson. He, In case you don't get it, Professor Radisson is a bad guy. He's a real guy. creepo. He fucks his students. And the worst thing he says, he's like, what happened to that girl? Which one? The one who could quote Shelly in SpongeBob SquarePants with equal like, energy. I'm like, that's gross, <laughs> dude. dude. She was watching How it as a she? child. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, she's a Christian. He's not. That's the big tension point in their marriage. He quote misses the old Mina. So they basically just set it up in five minutes of expository awkward conversation. Right. In here is where another one of the Reverend Dave rental car errors happens. And I just wrote that the movie cuts from like morning yeah. to night. 
to afternoon, yeah. back to night in what is seemingly the same day. Yeah. And they keep, like, were they waiting there the whole time? Were they standing in this parking lot the they whole time? They just didn't move. Like, yeah. they just, okay, well, uh, this is going to be 8 a.m. tomorrow. Okay, well, we'll be here. We'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing the same shit. God is good. So they're at a dinner party. They're hosting a dinner party. Mina and Professor Radisson are yeah. hosting a dinner party for a bunch of, what else, intellectuals who are, what else, liberal and what else, atheists, also what else, wine snobs. He's talking about Josh. Yeah, he can't help but talk about Josh. And they chuckle at this God believer. Oh, oh, he and believes in a, what's this? God. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> a higher power? <laughs> and then Amy, over, no, sorry, Mina overhears all this and launches a crusade <laughs> in her own living room. I actually believe in God. And she's. They're all sitting around drinking wine, having a way to join. She's practically a servant. She is. She's party. the help. She, he is constantly sitting down, swirling a wine glass while she is up with a tray doing something in the kitchen. He, he just got done twirling a mustache and tying a girl to the train tracks before this scene. <laughs> but she cannot appease these liberal wine snobs. Nope. She pours some wine, which she had mentioned that she bought wine but then left it in the car. She mentions this when she gets home. Right. Or, or when uh, Professor Radisson first gets home. This is the dinner party later that That's night. That's right, yeah. So she serves the wine anyway, at which point they're like, oh, this wine has gone bad because they're a bunch of snobs. It, who imagine just- Jim Carrey reacting to bad wine. That's how they react. To this. <laughs> they, they each take turns just dragging their hostess and her wine choices. And they mention the grapes of wrath because they're intellectuals. And This movie's attempt to write for smart people is hilarious. Nobody who wrote this movie went to college and they write about college in this movie. <laughs> hey, we're drinking hops of wrath. Exactly. God, God Inspired, is good, baby. God, God is, is good. good. We see, for the Chinese kid, who, again, we never get a name. I just wrote PRC because he's introduced by saying that uh, someone says next to his name is PRC. And what is PRC? Yeah. People's Republic of China. We don't learn his name until the very last, like, ten minutes of the movie when Josh knows his name. But he calls him Mr. Josh? <laughs> Mr. Josh. Oh, my God. This, this guy's one step up from short round. <laughs> Seriously. So PRC calls his dad, who is also a biz jerk. Yep. He's a biz jerk. And even though we see PRC riding a bicycle earlier as though he's one of the Chinese peasants, dad's a biz jerk riding in the back of a, a luxury car. And this kid is like, yeah, we're having this argument in class. And and the kid, um, this kid is having to argue for God. And he's like, well, what does the professor say? And it's like, well, the professor says that God doesn't exist. Well, then God doesn't exist. You need to get an A. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's their conversation. He almost calls him son number one. <laughs> so then we see a- ambush. Amy is getting her MRI for the cancer, and the nurse goes, "You have no other piercings, right?" Like looks at her. <laughs> this movie never passes up a chance to Christianically judge you. There's an establishing shot outside that says "Woman's Hospital." Yeah, not like W O M A N apostrophe S. Not women. Not women's. <laughs> Just so- one woman at a time. Like, sorry, ma'am. Like. I know you're dying from gunshot wounds. We have an appointment for someone's eye test. It has fucking typos in it. <laughs> Woman's <laughs> hospital. But I will say the most uh, fact-based thing in this movie, the MRI machine, approximate size. <laughs> Josh is also reading the book God's Not Dead. Oh, I didn't notice too. that. This is the movie. Circular reasoning, uh, straw men, uh, rhetorical arguments. Bad when it works against you, good when it works for you. Josh becomes a hero for using circular reasoning and for uh, pulling out of context quotes and things like that. And how you know Josh is winning isn't by any 
dialogue or anything. It's just reaction shots. Yeah, Kevin the Sorbo students start starting pacing. to nod their head a little people bit. People start nodding and asking. People start taking notes. He starts reacting. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> students Wait, taking notes. God. <laughs> Not dead. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> and, of course, Professor Radisson is completely contemptuous. He keeps saying, you, a freshman, yeah. are going to tell me. <laughs> Mina also goes to see Rev Dave. Hey, he's the pastor for everybody. He's, right? This is the thing about Hadley. Yeah. Is it a big city or is it a tiny little city? You have one preacher, but you have an amusement park and a fucking arena. They're meeting at fast food joint, uh, nondescript fast food joint, and their conversation basically breaks down to God don't make ugly. That's basically what he tells me. He's like, you're hot, you're young, this guy, not for you, someone's going to find you beautiful, you're a woman, that's all you're worth. She accuses him of being, quote, verbally abusive mm -hmm. to her faith. <laughs> like the, that's the, the most Christian the persecution complex, but he describes it as, her problem as the Cinderella complex. Oh, he does? Yeah, and starts using some circular logic of his own. I not? started checking the fuck out at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the class where the debate is happening while their lunch meeting is happening. And we're now talking about Darwin. And a clock graphic does something. <laughs> Josh has a, <laughs> a clock graphic. that, And that's supposed to prove a point somehow. This movie loves pan shots. Have you noticed? The camera is always moving. Right. It sweeps across every set. Yeah. There, I don't think there's – except for the restaurant and fast food scenes, there's no shot reverse shot where it's just this camp or a camera trained in one spot. Mm-hmm. Even in the car, the camera moves. <laughs> There's one shot at the end when they go to the Hastings Center and the camera's in the back seat and it swipes across the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Hannity tells Ambush Amy that the MRI went bad. Yeah, exactly. It's it's positive. She has cancer and he asks if there's somebody who's going to come pick her up and she thinks about it and she says, quote, there's nobody. And then you hear an anvil drop. <laughs> Josh is now circling for the kill. Circling yeah, that's for great. the kill. He now finally confronts the professor and says, what happened to you? At which point the professor explains that, wait, does it happen in class? Or yeah, it does. It happens in class after the end of the second debate. Sorbo walks through the aisles. <laughs> <laughs> gives him this sarcastic slow clap. So what happened to you, Professor? What happened was that Professor Radisson's mom died when he was age 12. He prayed, and God didn't answer his prayers. Therefore, God is dead, because why would God do that? Wah. Yeah. Oh, fuck him. So Hijab Girl's father finds the sermons. A little brother Not shows drought. him on the... Uh, yeah, because he can't trust Muslims. So <laughs> he savagely beats her. Yeah. As he do, and throws her out of the house. Beats his daughter and beats throws daughter, her out of the house. Almost her starts to, like... Uh, Honor killer, where he starts choking her yes. at the doorstep and then lets go. Meanwhile, a pop song is playing this entire song. The Newsboys! The Newsboys pop song is playing this entire time. Just throws her out of the fucking house. The song is singing a refrain, you, my God, are real, which is probably not the words you want to say when a man is almost murdering <laughs> his daughter for not believing in God, his God. Chinese dad is still mad at Chinese son. Yeah, well, Chinese people hate God. And now PRC is trying to come around to God. He says, they seem to make sense. This is starting to make sense to me. This deliberate vagary. Not sure if you're university material, kid. <laughs> deliberate vagary pointed at hard times in my life really starts to make sense, dad. Liberal Amy has a breakdown while she's blogging. She's just furiously blogging. Oh, that's right. The Amy <laughs> breakdown scene is bad. And then throws her computer on the ground. 
That scene is magic. So uh, Mina <laughs> approaches her husband. This is a great scene. This is so good. Approaches her husband while he's holding court with several other professors talking about what? Josh. Josh. And his, his debates. Talking about Dawkins. Crazy beliefs in God. And she walks in and says, Jeffrey, which he replies, you know how I feel about that. On campus, it's Professor Radisson. <laughs> and then turns around and ignores her and continues holding court. Oh my god. This guy's atheism is the least of his problems, Mina. <laughs> so she announces she's leaving him. He is Reverend Reverend Dave has decided to uh, break up their marriage. Yes. Reverend Dave, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hijab girl also comes to, to Liberal Dave. All paths just kind of cross. Secret come, Christian come girl loves Dave. Pastor Dave. Everyone wants so Liberal we Dave. see that Pastor Dave is talking to his African friend in a hallway behind Secret Christian girl who's crying in his seat. And I started to wonder, is are we going to find out that the African guy is an angel? Like, Because nobody else really acknowledges <laughs> him. He's just always there to provide him like – this is God's way. This is, you gotta, you know, smile and go through it. God is good. And it doesn't pay off that way, but I wasn't going to put it above this movie. Oh, no, certainly not. Certainly. It actually goes much lower than that. The professor says he's going to change things up a bit and be a little more confrontational. This is the third, third quote unquote uh, debate or whatever. Uh, At which point Josh makes the case. And this is, this is a slam dunk case. Uh, if you are not Christian, you don't have morals. <laughs> there we go. You have no moral guide. No, this is literally what he says. <laughs> you don't have any moral imperative whatsoever because you don't have a God. We as Christians would never lie. Uh, you have no reason not to lie, so you're a liar. Right. And that's that's it. And finally, uh, as, as the music tells us that this is a very righteous point that he is making, he confronts the professor and says, why do you hate God? Science supports his existence. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's just decided that over the course of the last 40 minutes that he has presented an irrefutable case right. for science supporting the existence of God. And remember, science is also bad. That's true. Yeah. And knowledge is bad. Knowledge is bad. Learning. And scientists are totally fallible. And how do I know that? Here's a quote from a scientist. <laughs> that I can say maybe doesn't work. <laughs> he, he corners Professor Radisson and pressures him and says, kind of in a you can't handle the truth moment. Right. He's like... Why do you hate God? Yes. And Radisson reacts, because he took everything from me. Absolutely. And he admits that he hates God, but how can you hate something that doesn't exist? Checkmate. You can definitely hate things that don't exist. That's true. But also, that's just such a cheap argument based on like language and things like that. Like You're supposedly making a case based on science. And suddenly it's like, well, I hate this thing. Oh, but it doesn't exist. So how do you hate it? Mm, nailed mm, you. Right. Yeah. But I really wanted the moment to be bigger, like kind of maybe do one of those movie secret recording moments where like they, like Michael Clayton, like they secretly record <laughs> a conversation with God. Oh, but you were heard talking to God right here. <laughs> and of course, Josh just, I mean, whatever. You can make the case for atheism or, or whatever, but atheists don't hate God. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they hate anything, it's. God's supposed, you know, messengers here on earth. It's Christians. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's religion. It's not God. They don't give a shit about God. They don't right. believe in God. The students are completely convinced, though. They, one by one, side with God. They stand up and say, God is not dead. Because remember, conformity is now good. PRC tells Josh that he's going to follow Jesus now. And that's when we learn his name is Mark. <laughs> Mark. Which I think has something to do with the Bible or something. <laughs> The car starts on the fourth attempt. (laughs) 
Okay, now this part right here. So, okay, I've, I've tried to hate this movie just because of the movie, not because of the whole message of, uh, of God and everything like that. But this was the part where I'm like, okay, see, this is it. This is my big beef with you people right now. Mm. You people. The car, yeah, the you people. The car finally starts, right? Yeah. Because as the African missionary guy explains to Pastor Dave, not bringing your bags each time was lack of faith. Mm. Not putting your bags in the back of the trunk this time before it started was lack of faith. When the car starts, they both say God is good. You did those same things every All other time. time. <laughs> it didn't start, and, and, and it was the reason you give. The reason you gave was because of God that time too. And to add to that, they're doing something that should happen literally every time that you do it. Yeah, right. How many times have you gotten into a car and it hasn't started? Especially if it's a rental car that has just been rented to you. They, they never. That happens away. twice to them. <laughs> And they're not phased by that at all. It's not like they're trying to jump their car over a ravine and like, no. God, help us out here. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, the, that's not something you should need help the with. The rental guy just sticks them with it, too, each time. And did you notice that the uh, rental guy, when he describes the color of the car, uses wine Merlot, terms? Merlot, yeah. Merlot and I Cabernet. Oh, my God. I hate this fucking... So, uh, Dean Kane Bizger goes to visit uh, Dementia Grandma. Yep. And he tells her, you're the nicest person I know, and I'm the meanest. Yeah. Because that's how fucking dialogue works in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) At which point, she has a pro-God moment of clarity. This is a gross moment. And she just basically proselytizes and preaches and tells him to have faith and all sorts of stuff. Because... uh, Alzheimer's is magic. Yes, that's it. Right. Isn't that just disgusting? This woman's one moment of clarity is to give him this religious message that's going to stick with him, apparently. The movie leads you to believe yeah. that because a writer wrote that. Right. That Meanwhile, way. God has trapped her inside her own body. A rotting <laughs> right? brain like, body. Ah, I yeah, just, I, no, uh, fuck this movie, man. fucking hell. So yeah, she makes this whole prison metaphor for him being in prison or something like that. Anyway, we and si- the reason I wanted to remember that Mina and him are bro- brother and sister because Mina defines herself as a Christian. Right. The mom is a Christian. They all so by this movie's logic, Dean is still a Christian. Mm. He is, but he's the worst human in the world. But he still calls himself a Christian, right? He would call himself a Christian, even though he's acknowledging he's amoral. He's not atheist. Yeah. Right. So. Christians are awful people, too, by this own movie's definition. If they only care about money. Yeah. Unless they're Duck Dynasty. Because <laughs> Jesus is forever. So they're driving by. Uh, we we now see the Hastings Center for the first time, which is just Staples Center with the Hastings put over Staples. Mm-hmm. Liberal Amy is going backstage to interview the newsboys. What I love is she is like determinedly walks into the room. There's a guy at the door who tries to stop her, and she just puts up her hand like, not today, buddy. <laughs> Not fucking today. So she just walks right into the newsboys' dressing room where they are all getting prepared to to go on stage at the Hastings Center. The sold out Hastings Center. The sold out Hastings Center. And she just, again, ambushes them with questions. <laughs> again, she's just barged into this room. They're asking about her. She says, I find that the best interviews are unscripted. <laughs> they are completely unfazed by this. Just like the Duck Dynasty people, they are completely unfazed with a psychopath running up to them and screaming. Screaming, not like accusative questions. The messengers of Christianity are, they're congenial, they're forgiving, they're accepting, and they will put up with all your bullshit just to politely remind you of the faith of God. And then maybe move you towards the Christian faith a little bit. But she she gives them a question, her question to them. You're going to go out there and sing about God and Jesus as though they're as real as you and me. 
how can you do that? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's kind of an open-ended question. That's a little question. Uh, at which point they, they of course, have a ready-made, totally scripted answer that it gets answered over four different members I, of the group. I was group. just going to say, yeah. <laughs> they each have their own little moment. And one of them tells them that that's where they find hope. Uh, where do you find hope? Oh, my God. At which point she stares at them for about 15 seconds and then just says, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> Which prompts the British newsboy, because we all knew they had one Brit, right? The drummer. Everybody, everybody knows about the newsboys, except over there they call him His like, response is the Daily so Mirror Boys. gross. It is. It's the worst, because he says, Amy, I believe, or, Amy, I think you wanted to come here, right? You wanted to believe in something. You wanted to believe that maybe this is kind of real. Yeah. yeah. I think this is what you're thinking. And yeah. she, she goes like, how did you know that? <laughs> Basically, because you came here, told us you were dying at a Christian show. You want some answers. You want some comfort. We'll give you that for the last year of your life. So now we cut back to Professor Radisson, who is sitting and drinking uh, wine. And he is has all these papers, that all the God's Not Dead papers that he collected. And he's just looking, kind of sifting through all the God's Not Dead papers. Opens a drawer in his desk and pulls out a letter from his mom to yeah. his 12-year-old self that is like, don't lose your faith in God. I would hate God, too, if that was the last letter I had. From that was somebody. pretty rough. So we cut back. Now the newsboys, the guy, it's so funny. The guy comes in. He goes, newsboys, five seconds or something like that. And they're like, not now. We're doing something more important. We're busy. The, the thousands of people out there waiting for the show they paid for. What are they doing? Leading a prayer. Praying over liberal aiming. And this is this is why it's so They won't go on until they're done praying. It's so fucking frustrating. The words and the terminology they're using in this prayer are... Please, Lord Jesus God, cleanse her, mm. change her, cleanse her of her liberalism. Rid, well, it, it's almost like cleanse her of her belief in evolution. Get this disease out of her body. <laughs> Take it out. It's it's but like the what disease you, isn't cancer. The disease is liberalism. <laughs> it's her, atheism. Her her humanism has metastasized in her body. You, you and just, is now did you see it. any Christians getting cancer in this movie? That's true. They didn't get any cancer. They had a they had a card that didn't start a couple times. What I love is on on the professor's desk. We also see the front page of the Hadley Courier uh, banner headline in the Hadley Courier: Christian rockers, the newsboys in town at Hastings Center. Subheadline: God's Not Dead tour, a huge success. <laughs> what a scoop! <laughs> We're bumping the war to page three. <laughs> that the terror attack in New York. No, no. The newsboys are at the Hastings. Bump it below the fold. Give me, give me 20 words on the newsboys. <laughs> so now the professor decides, I need to get my Mina back. I need to get my Mina back. All roads are converging yes. at the newsboys concert. Every right. Everyone is going to the newsboys concert. Josh is going to the concert. PRC is going to the concert. Mina is going to the concert. All the good Christians. Secret Christian is going. All the good Christians are, yeah. Uh, Ex-Hajab girl is at the concert. Everybody who's a good Christian is going to the Newsboys concert. To Let the, that to be the, the starting message of this movie. The starting late Newsboys concert because so, they just had to pray over a dying right? atheist. So Professor Radisson is like, I'm going to rush to this Newsboys concert, even though it's pretty clear that it is sold out and yeah. everyone is super oh, enthusiastic. Right. He's just going to walk right in and get. So he's rushing to it. He crosses the street. Right in front of Reverend Dave oh and the African. God. There's a rainstorm out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, a, a torrential Noah-level rainstorm starts. He crosses the crosswalk in front of Reverend Dave and the African. A car coming the other way. Kawamo Hits him. He flies 
20 feet in the air. There's a shot of Kevin Sorbo flying up into screen. It's just like those shots in Cutthroat Island of yes. Gina Davis falling down. Like, uh, oh man! And then so he falls good. back down. The car peels off and drives out. Of the, it's a hit and run. But don't worry. Reverend Dave is on the scene to deny him medical assistance. Yes. Instantly, the African looks at him. Remembering, not, not a medical doctor, looks at him. Does he touch him, examine him? No. He's standing up, just looks at this man on the ground and says, his ribs have been crushed and his body is now filling with blood. He only has a few minutes to live. So they decide to not go get an ambulance. Yep. Not try to find any medical assistance. No emergency responders whatsoever. They're there to save his soul. They're there to convert him through a de- on another a, debate. his fucking deathbed. On his death street. They give him no medical assistance, but they convince him to pray. <laughs> I'm sure he's just like, if I do this, will you get an ambulance? What yeah, the fuck? I'm sure he's laying there like, really? Fucking just kill me now, please. Just, I've been an atheist. I'm an asshole. I do not want this as my last thought. But no, that movie's don't, like, you want this as your last don't thought. Don't worry. Happy ending to this story, though. He dies. Terribly in agony. But not before converting to Christianity. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Happy ending. There's a real bullshit thing where he says... Pastor Dave says, if he gave us the answers to what he knew, meaning Jesus, if Jesus gave us the answers to what he knew, then we would know what he knows. <laughs> what? And what's wrong with that anyway? Good point. So we cut back to the concert, at which point the you know, newsboys have taken the stage. They're rocking out. But they have a very special guest who wants to say something. So who is it? <laughs> it's Duck Dynasty guy. Yeah, Duck Dynasty guy who hasn't been in this movie for the last hour and 40 fucking minutes. So he references the quote-unquote squabble on campus and the professor who tried to convince his students that God is not dead. At which point the professor, who remember was just converted to Christianity through an, a direct act of God, is booed. <laughs> By the entire <laughs> arena of Christians. The man is dying. <laughs> oh, he's dead. He's dead in heaven with God. And he's getting booed. Oh, my God. His wife is there in the stu- in the stadium thrashing, moshing to the newsboys <laughs> while Duck Dynasty drags her husband. Her dead husband. Oh, my God. Uh, but Duck Dynasty urges everyone to mass text everybody on their phone. God's not dead. Yeah. Just text everyone, God's not dead. And they dedicate the song, God's Not Dead, to Josh. To Josh Wheaton. At which point he meets Hijab Girl. Don't worry, they won't have sex till marriage. No. Uh, and there's lots of shots of people triumphantly texting their non-believing friends to get them to convert while the newsboys play God Not Dead. We cut back to the scene of uh, Professor Radisson. He's just a corpse laying in the street now. A holy corpse. And the African says, what happened here tonight oh, yeah. is a cause for celebration, which is the logic driving most holocausts, <laughs> that Jesus. the death of people who disagree with you is a beautiful cleansing thing that should be celebrated. <sighs> That's the end of the movie. Happy movie! But, no, not the end of the movie, because a scroll comes up on the screen and says, join the movement! Text everyone you know! God's not dead. This movie has a message for you. And then it says that it was inspired by the following legal cases where university students and campus ministries were condemned for their faith, at which point several dozen court cases with very short summary fly by. You cannot possibly read them without Mm. pausing and and reading the entire thing, but they just fly right. You know, dozens of these things. 
I went and I researched a couple of these. Most of these just involve like student funding for student groups. Sure. It's not professors coming in on first day of class and making the students renounce God. Oh, quirky. Let's wrap it up. Let's do it. God, not dead. Uh, it's the flimsiest of arguments. It's persecution as religion, as theme. Like you said, just now, the whole court cases thing, most of them are like funding, but then that gets turned into this all out assault against your belief system. So I think this movie's built on false premises, much like religion. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I just, if you have to change or if you have to make up such a specious argument, you don't have an argument. Mm hmm. So fuck out of this is the, yeah that's the epitome of preaching to the choir. It's yes. uh, any argument that will support the conclusion that I've already arrived at is good, and any argument that uh, does not support it is bad. And Professor Radisson, of course, he's a contemptible piece of shit, but it's not for being an atheist. No, anyone who would do anything remotely like that to sign yourself over to a belief system on the first day of class and to bully his students like he does and to bully his wife like he does yeah. and to just basically be a corrupt piece of shit has nothing to do with atheism. But again, the movie just makes the case that if you don't have Christianity, you don't have any moral code and are a pile of garbage and you should get cancer and die. The movie tries to be clever about the whole like uh, liberals and intelligent crowds are the real anti-intelligentsia because they don't want any discussion of anything other than what they're talking about. Right. They'll shut it down. But it does that by telling you that all college and all knowledge is bad. Uh, and yeah. that's how they all are. Sure. So don't pursue that so by shutting down discussion. So let's remind everyone of our rating system. You're run-of-the-mill bad film, a dare. Next level bad film, double dare. And a movie we actually think is pretty good, reverse dare, quirky, grade for a rating for God's Not Dead. Uh, so coming in here, it may be surprising. I was, I was thinking uh, dare. No, that does surprise me. Yeah, it does. Because uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Sorbo is actually, he's a good actor. I thought he was okay in this movie. He he handled he smarms and slimes his way through every scene, but that's what he's supposed to do. I he was watchable to me, um, but uh, no, it doesn't overcome any of that. It's a double dare because it's so loathsome in its setup of its argument. Right, the construction of the movie is bonkers. Like I say, it just cuts from scene to scene whenever it needs to, regardless of when and where it is yeah. happening in the narrative. I still don't know where this movie is. I don't know when this movie is. I don't know anything about it's who just, people are. It's just complete nonsense. I I I find it fascinating just because of the 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 weird ambition of it, and the, the film does try to do almost like a crash like thing of all of these different cultures like crashing together. If it was just a simple story of Josh Wheaton, college kid arguing for God, but throwing in liberal Amy and business jerk Dean Kane and dementia granny and the newsboys, man, what a piece of shit! Yeah, uh, double dare all the way. Double dare, double dare. Which it almost makes it more loathsome that it introduced all these multicultural characters just to prove white. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Correct. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's all we have for you on this atheistic, hedonistic, just basically blasphemous episode of Dare Daniel. Yep. Well, we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. In the meantime, check out our mini episode next Tuesday for a preview of the next Dare Daniel review, as well as more talk about your dares, movies, and religion. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. Be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can read more of my movie reviews 
at daredaniel.com. Corky, where can people find more of your work? Uh, I'll be performing at the Sacramento Comedy Spot, or you can find me just, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a religious... In class at Hadley University. No, I was trying to think of a Teaching introduction to philosophical thought. <laughs> this movie has drained me of all my creativity. <laughs> I'm performing at the Sacramento Comedy Spot Saturdays. You can catch me with the Anti-Cooperation League, or you can catch me with MRI, Masters of Rap Improv. Come on down, have fun. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny God-loving son-of-a-gun Flores. And I'm Cork McDonald saying the newsboys are the true way. <laughs>